I try to let the mic be turned down. I try to be a generous person. I'm willing to share any work that I can share with you. I try to share my life with, I've had that opportunity, and I have no problem sharing my birthday. Uh, I do share it with Mitchell. It's his birthday today as well. And I also share the day, and it's back to Paul and, and uh, Lowell's anniversary today. So we have several that are having today uh, special activities going on, but it's always a joy to be in the house of God. It's always a joy to consider who we are. The songs that have been selected have been excellent, striving to really cause us to think about the love of God, the depths of it, the wonder of it, indeed what he has done and is doing with his creation. Earlier in Ephesians in chapter 1, verse 4, before the foundation of the world was laid, God had planned his redemption. That has a lot to say about the love of God. When you look at a world that he has created and designed, the magnitude of it, the magnificence of it, the beauty of it, and every aspect of it is just beyond our comprehension and our understanding. And then with all of that, we catch a glimpse through the scriptures of his tremendous love for us, his patience with us, and his desire from before time began to redeem us, to one day have a home with him in heaven. We're privileged to commune with our Lord each first day of the week. We're privileged to take the time to remember that broken body and that blood that was shed and the love that was demonstrated for us individually and collectively. We struggle with faith, faith in God, faith in Christ, faith in, faith in his body, the church, and faith in the members of the body of the church, us individually and collectively. It's hard to even conceive of having a limitless faith. But we're given time and opportunity for us to develop and to grow in this aspect of love. We struggle with what it is that God asks us to do and to have the conviction that whatever it is that he's asked us to do, that he's also given us the power and the ability in which to do that. Back in the Gospel of Luke, and in chapter 17, 
It talks about offenses being made with one another. Verse 3 says, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you, saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Just that concept of transgression, repentance, and forgiveness is something that we wrestle with all the time in our life. For us to be able to do what it says. Because it's in verse 5 where the problem lies, if you will. The apostle said to the Lord, if this is what we must do, if I've got to forgive a brother who sins against me seven times in a day, and seven times in a day he comes up to me and says, I repent, and I am to forgive him, forgive him. Lord, you need to increase our faith. You don't know how hard that is. You need to increase our faith. But they had forgotten how long the Lord had forgiven them. They had forgotten how many generations. Again, back to Ephesians 1 and verse 4, before the foundation of the world was laid, this plan of salvation had been made. And then you begin to follow its history. And again, with God, there is no concept of time, but there is with us. So you look at it from our perspective, from the beginning after God had created Adam and Eve and they had transgressed and were forced to leave the garden. How long has God forgiven mankind? That he had made provisions for us. So he knows what he's asking of us. It comes from a faith in God. And it has to come from a limitless faith. A faith without boundaries. To be able to do exactly what God has asked of us as human beings and has asked of us as his children. And this concept of living in a world that is imperfect, living amongst individuals who are imperfect, living among Christians, children of God who are imperfect, and who transgress the will of God and may have transgressed against us and that transgression of a willingness to forgive. And again, as you work through, or as I thought about working through that first part of Luke 17, Seven times in a day he transgresses against you. Seven times in a day he asks for forgiveness. How long-suffering are we? How long-suffering are we? Seven times in a day? 
Where in that would we begin to have our doubts about the sincerity of the individual who is doing the transgressing? How many times in that transgression are we going to say, I do not believe he really means it. I don't believe he's really repenting and asking for forgiveness. Seven times? And how often do we ask God for forgiveness of our transgressions? How often do we petition Him? I've sinned. I've fallen short. I know better. And yet I still sin. God, forgive me. God, be merciful to me. And we doubt. Do we doubt His willingness to forgive? But to do it with a brother, Lord, you need to increase my faith. Lord, you do not know how hard it is to keep my tongue. When that same transgression is being committed day by day or in the same day, I need greater faith. If you have the faith as a mustard seed, often described as the smallest seed that could be found. If you have that type of faith in God, because as we discussed a little bit this morning in the auditorium class, do we fully understand how God is working in our lives? Do we understand the trials, the tribulations, the highs, the lows, the time frame, the delay of what God is hoping to achieve as He works in the life of each one of us. We do have that tendency to do the opposite of 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. There it says, We walk by faith and not by sight. And as human beings, we we tend to want to walk by sight. I'm looking at you. I'm seeing you. I'm, I'm seeing what you're doing. I'm seeing the results of what you're doing. And I'm not walking by faith. That God is in control. As the reading this morning had closed out, do I honestly, truly believe that statement? Our God... He is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Is our faith there? The things that we could achieve Recall the statement in Genesis 11 as they begin to build that tower to heaven to make a name for themselves. 
what the Lord said? When they speak the same language, nothing's impossible for them. So he confounded the languages. But that thought again, when they speak the same language, we see it in the world to a degree when we work together with different countries and are speaking or trying to speak the same language. But look at it spiritually as well. When we're speaking the same language, we are children of God bound together by the love of Christ. That we are united in purpose to glorify God in all that we do and all that we say. To work together as one body under one head. The willingness to surrender self and to seek the best interests of another. When we are of one mind, what we can achieve is beyond our comprehension. Because again, the power of God working in our lives. Earlier there in Luke in chapter 5 and down at verse 5, leading up to verse 5, the disciples had been fishing all night and had caught nothing. And Jesus says, cast your net on the other side of the boat. And Peter made that comment. Paraphrasing to a degree, yes. Peter is saying, listen, we are fishermen by trade. We understand the nature of fishing and what's involved in it. And we have fished all night and we've caught nothing. What is that next phrase? Nevertheless, at your word. And they cast the net on the other side. Nevertheless, at your word. Human reasoning says what's being asked basically is impossible. That we can be so united together by that one blood of Jesus Christ. That we can be so united together with that one hope of the eternal life with God one day in heaven. That we will work through difficulties. We will work through the misunderstandings. We will work through the transgression and the repentance and the transgression and the repentance. And we will trust God. We will take him at his word. That he will forgive. And that we can forgive. And that the work can be done. Again in a way that he has chosen. Talked this morning out of working out of the book of Galatians. After 14 years, Paul goes up to Jerusalem. A 14 year span. 
And the problem had, had not been solved up to then between the Jews or the circumcised and the uncircumcised. But you see, there's something that went back to Genesis 12. And a promise given to Abraham that through your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And it took time for God to work through that with humanity. Were there strengths, were there weaknesses, were there strong points, were there weak points, were there serving the Lord, were there serving, worshiping idols and being persecuted, being driven out, going into captivity, repenting, coming back, and so on and so forth, and so on and so forth. God worked. And ours is to believe that without a moment's hesitation, that God can, God is, and God will accomplish his will through us. Sometimes it may be in spite of us, but he'll work his will. His will is to seek and to save that which was lost. His will was to let them learn of his love. And then for them to make their own decision whether they would follow him or not. Paul's desire for them to learn and to do his will The whole family in heaven and on earth is named. That he would grant you, that he would grant us, according to the riches of his glory, to strengthen with might through the Spirit this inner man. That he grants you according to the riches of his grace. Not dependent on you, it's not dependent on me per se. It's not my grace, it's not my righteousness, it's not my right standing. It's his grace, the glory, that he might strengthen us with his spirit. So that's where the power comes from, it's from God. It's only God that is able to, to heal. It's only God who is able to draw together of people across a planet that is so diverse and so divisive and so suspicious of one another, yea, at times so filled with hatred, 
that humanity cannot and will not be able to find a way to solve that apart from God. They look for peace in all the wrong places. They look for love in all the wrong places. It's found in the surrender of self to the hands of God and to give him control of the life that we live in order that his will indeed may be done. To him is the glory in the church by Christ Jesus. It's by Christ. It's his blood that washes us from our sins. The glory is in the church, the body of Christ. Again, that surrender of self, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27. The members of the body. And that using of the human body for us to try to catch just a glimpse of what that spiritual body must be like. No one member of the physical body has the right to say, well, because I'm not another member of the body, I'm not a part of the body. And no member of the body has the right to say, another member of the physical body, I don't have a need of you. We all need each other. If you don't catch the human Paul's writing sometimes and God's influence, you miss something. The whole body was an eye. Where would the hearing be? Again, this that concept. You just try to picture a gigantic eyeball rolling down the sidewalk. If it was one member, where would the body be? We need each other. But more than that, we need this faith in God that does not have limits. It's not limited by what I see, what I perceive. God's power far excels that. Beyond our comprehension of what he's able to do. We talk about facing a new year. We talked about facing the challenges that this year will present to us. The opportunities that will be given to us. Will we remember who we are and why we are who we are and what makes it possible for us to be who we are. Is our faith without limits and a God without hesitation gave his son to die for your sins. Will we surrender to him? Will we do his will within our life? Why should he love me so? Now, that's not the only way that we can answer that. Why would God so love us? Because he made us. He made us.
and he wants us in heaven with him. Will we surrender the will to him and do his bidding? You look at your life this morning, where is it? Where is it not in your eyes? Where is it in the eyes of God? If you need to make a change, it be, be it to become a child of God, or be it to renew a life in Christ Jesus again, if we could assist you, if we could help you in that decision, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.